Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 86 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my special guest today is Sadaf. And we talk about finding purpose and then aligning your career to that purpose as opposed to the other way around. Like she says, just because we made a career decision once, as much as it feels permanent sometimes, you don't have to feel stuck with it. And we really talked about redefining what career success truly means so that you can spend the majority of the hours of your day doing something that you truly enjoy. She talks about her health history and how that really impacted the work she does today and her beautiful outlook in life. And I'm very excited to share her work and her insights with you today. So let me introduce you to Sadaf. Sadaf Shaikh is an ICF certified career success coach and the owner of Dream Career Company, an organization that helps working parents design and create a career that works with their life instead of the other way around. She's a firm believer in loving your day job and that a dream career that's aligned with your purpose and values is within reach of everybody. It is just a matter of being open to it and knowing how to find it. Here is Sadaf. Hello, Sadaf. I am so pleased to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thanks, Juliana. Awesome to be here today. My pleasure. And to get us started, describe to me, how do you define confidence? Wow. Um, so honestly, like I've struggled with confidence my whole life up until, you know, I turned probably 35. And to me, confidence is it comes from inside. It's, um, you know, it's about being, um, being able to Um, express yourself without really, you know, necessarily caring what other people are thinking about you, but not doing that in a disrespectful way. So keeping in mind your audience and everyone around you. The other Mm -hmm. thing I also find is that if you're not feeling confident on the inside, which happens sometimes to all of us, I think that you can boost confidence by, you know, changing what's happening on the outside. So sometimes, you know, getting a haircut or putting on some makeup or, you know, just buying a pretty dress, um, just, you know, changes how you feel about yourself and that transcends inside. So I've, I've tried that on a few, a few occasions. I love it. Cause a lot of times, you know, I think about it from an inside to the outside, but what I said is actually very true as well, that there's also an outside to the inside, you know, perspective, right. Of what we can do for that. And I mm-hmm. think what the topic of today, we're going to be talking about purpose and aligning ourselves purpose, I think has a lot to do with confidence as well, right? Because the moment that we are in real alignment in our zone of genius, doing what we love, confidence naturally grows, right? So, so true. I'm, 
excited to hear that part from you. And we will focus mostly on career today. And as always, I'm going to be making analogies to weight loss because <laughs> yeah. that's what I do. Uh, but I think there's so many beautiful alignments here to your messaging and the things that, you know, I practice as well. So I'm excited to see what we're going to get out of it. Yeah. So the first question for you is, you know, talk to me in terms of the importance of finding our purpose in terms of that alignment between ourselves, our career, our jobs, how we contribute to the world. It is such an important part of it. I mean, I think many of us and you know, I come from a South Asian family. And so for us, like, and I'm, as I'm sure, you know, many even European cultures and stuff, like education is, there's such a strong emphasis on education. And there's yeah. really only four career paths that are deemed worthy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can become a doctor, an engineer, you know, um, or you, you can, you know, maybe you can be a lawyer, like, there's only a couple of things that are like, you know, worthy of being. And I think that the problem is a lot of us get into careers and this is not just for, you know, a cultural thing. This is overall, you know, we get Mm -hmm. into careers because we're given the advice that, oh, you know, this is a safe career or this is where you can make a lot of money or, you know, go get into a government job because you'll get your pension or, you know, there's, uh, we go into jobs and careers for so many different reasons we never ever at that young age ask like what truly is going to make me happy what am what is my real purpose and people go through their entire lives without ever asking that question which is so sad because Mm -hmm. I know people who are working in careers for 25 30 years and and then you know suddenly like they get to this point where they're like we get you know, in their 40s or 50s. And they're like, what have I been doing? I'm not happy. Yes, I'm making a lot of money, but I never see my children because I'm working like, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. The whole point of buying like a big house or a nice car is that I could enjoy it, but I don't get to do that because I'm so stressed at work. And then I come home and I don't, I don't, I know, I don't feel like I want to enjoy it. And so I think that when you align what you're doing on a, on a daily basis, where you spend eight to 10 hours at work, align it to really what your values are and what your purpose is, it just makes things so much easier. And mm-hmm. you feel like you want to get up, you know, on a Monday morning, you don't care that it's Friday, you know, because really you could work seven days a week because you <laughs> love what you do. Yes. Um, that's it's just such an important piece. Absolutely. And I even like reflect back knowing this was our conversation today on my career path. And I think from my perspective, like when I was very early on, even when I decided to, because initially I was training to be a veterinarian. So I was Mm -hmm. in second year of veterinary medicine when my parents immigrated from Brazil to Canada. And at that point I had to decide to go into academia. Do I go back to vet school? And I decided to go and do my master's instead, but it wasn't necessarily because that made me happier. It was just because life happened that way. And it was, it felt like the best choice at the time. Right. But I think I wonder if when we're in our early twenties or mid twenties, and we feel our lives are ahead of us. So I'll give this a try and see what happens, right? Because it's so intimidating to decide what you want to be for the rest of my life. But like you said, when we get into midlife, 50s, uh, 40s, 50s, those decisions feel a little bit more permanent, right? And mm-hmm. I think that is something that I would love to talk to you about because I know you say that 
when you make a career decision once, it doesn't mean that you're stuck with it, which I completely agree. But how do you help or how can we help people shift their perspective on this if they invest it like me, <laughs> six mm-hmm. figures in education and, you know, things are built and you're almost feels that the path is a little more permanent. You know, how do you do that mindset shift later in life? And that's, you know, so uh, it's interesting you bring that up because this is something that I hear from even my clients all the time is that, you know, I've, I've already spent 25 years building this career. I can't leave it now because, you know, then I don't, I'm too old to start from scratch and I don't want to, you know, that how much am I giving up in order to pursue this new thing? If, if people even know what the new thing is, exactly. but the important part I think is really um, going internal and asking yourself, like, if this is truly fulfilling your values and what you believe is to be important in your life, right? Right. So as an example, you know, you could um, be in a career where it's sucking up a lot of energy, and you're taking a lot of time. And that moment, when you struggle to wake up in the morning, or when you think of work as a burden, that's the moment when you have to really analyze and say, like, maybe, maybe this is not the right thing for me. And Mm -hmm. yes, of course, like, I'm not dismissing the fact that, you know, we do spend six figures, and spend all this time building up a, you know, this one career. But ultimately, it comes down to being having finding courage within yourself to put yourself first. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it, right? Like, it doesn't matter what people are going to think. It doesn't matter that, you know, um, that yes, you have the the whole sunk cost fallacy that, you know, I've put all this money in, so I have to stick with it. Like, that's not true at all. Yeah. And, and it does, it takes some, it takes like it is a mindset shift. And the biggest thing, like the biggest piece that I focus on with my clients is not necessarily landing the new career. It's getting out of their heads that it's okay. It's okay to have invested the six figures because you did, you gained the experience out of it. That's never going to leave you. So you're not leaving anything behind as such. You're actually moving towards something different. And that 20 years that you invested in this career is not wasted. Like you're taking all that you learned and all that and that experience so that you, you spend six figures to get that experience. And that's good enough, you know? Um, I remember when I moved from being an executive assistant to HR, um, I was now, it was still early, like I was 27 years old. So, you know, it wasn't like I was later in my life, but at that moment, I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, if only I had decided, or I was, I had gotten my first job in HR when I was in, you know, early twenties and I hadn't, you know, gotten to being an executive assistant and wasted eight years of my life effectively. <laughs> and that that thinking, and I had to catch myself because of that thinking is, A, it doesn't serve you um, mm-hmm. because the time has passed, right? <laughs> you yeah. can't do anything about that. <laughs> can't go back. <laughs> yeah. So you just accept the fact that those, like accept the fact that those eight years, the stuff that you learned was so invaluable and you're bringing this amazing fresh perspective to whatever else you decide to do because nobody else has that experience that you have. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And something you said that I wanted to just highlight, I think it's so important, like you use the word courage, right? And Mm -hmm. if you look at the origin, that word has a lot to do with heart, the core, you know, and I think what you're saying is in a way, you know, even if somebody's making the math, right, of how much money they spent, how many years they spent building something that's not fulfilling to them, it's really bringing them out of their heads into their hearts, right? And I think courage is the perfect word for that, because it's a realization that, being happy and enjoying life kind of matters, right? A lot of times we put that aside because of duties and responsibilities. Um, But I think your messaging is so needed and so important because yeah, we can do that and have an amazing life and have a fulfilled life, right? So back to that fulfillment and alignment, if somebody say is either, you know, looking for a transition in their careers or just trying to understand, like, why do I do what I do? Because I do, I can think of a couple of people that they do get up in the morning happily to do the work, but they're not clear. So either they're not clear, but they're happy, or they're not clear and they're unhappy. Either way, (laughs) it can take in whichever direction. What are some strategies that you have to helping people find their purpose? So I think purpose is not an easy thing to, like, it's not like a one and done type of exercise. I think that your quest to find purpose is ongoing forever. And I also believe, and this is contrary to what a lot of people think, that your purpose can change as your life evolves. Mm. Um, You know, when you're in your early 20s, your purpose probably is, you know, just to have as much fun as you possibly can. (laughs) And then, you know, when you start having children, your purpose changes. And, And I hear this. And you know this, I'm sure too, right? Like as soon as someone becomes a mother or father or a parent, um, you know, they're they're like, oh, like I have this new perspective in life and that happens. And so, you know, it happens when someone is laid off from a job, you know, they get a new perspective because they're like, I thought I was going to be in this company for 10 years. And then I just get fired one day. Mm-hmm. And that's not a reflection on you. And it's okay to change purpose. Yeah. Um, the other thing around finding purpose, I think that we underestimate the importance of just sitting within ourselves in silence. And I tell this to my clients too, if at all possible, Just get away somewhere alone by yourself with a notebook and a pen. And if it's in nature, that's even amazing. But leave every responsibility behind. Leave your children with someone you can trust. You know, tell your partner that you need just a couple of days to be by yourself. And then um, journal and write down all of the, the experiences that you've had in your life that were that had were pivotal moments. So they don't necessarily all have to be positive. It could be negative experiences. It could be uh, enlightening experiences, whatever those experiences are, just write them all down and have like these stories that you attach to them, maybe 10 or 15 stories that Mm -hmm. tell where you are up until where you are in your life right now. And then look at those stories and really dig in and see like, what are the themes that emerged? You know, a classic example, I had a client who's very accomplished senior uh, finance leader. And, you know, she's made, she's, you know, makes good money and she's highly respected in her field. Um, But, you know, over the last several months, she's just been feeling like, you know, I'm, what am I working for? Like what's, she enjoys her job, but she's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so when I asked her to write out these stories, the clear theme that came out was family for her. 
So she liked her job, but she mm-hmm. worked to give her family an amazing life. And the thought was that if I didn't work in this field, that I would be failing my family. And so that reframe around, no, your family is who you need to focus on and then build your career around the family, not the other way around. Yeah. You know, and so, and then like, and then once you find those themes, like really say, okay, so, and the other thing too, I think that's important is that people feel like their purpose has to be this big, you know, um, (laughs) yeah, like I want to save the world or I want to, you know, you know, and those are all good things like, you know, eliminating poverty or, you know, helping children who are sick or whatever, like those are all good, like purposes and missions to have, but it's okay. If you don't have something that big, it's okay to just want to be a good mom, um, you know, and, and design your career and your life around that one purpose. And once your kids turn 18, it's okay to say, I want to dedicate my life to writing a book as an example, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a few key like definitions of what purpose is and, and also allowing yourself to have a purpose that is not like world changing. Yeah. I love that. There's so many amazing things to just ask. I'm going to try to point a few back. Hopefully I don't forget them. <laughs> so one of the things you said that I actually completely agree with you is the concept that purpose can change. Right. And I see from my perspective, the purpose is often related to our understanding of our value structure. Like I call them in their priorities, but you know, values is a perfect word for that as well. And exactly what you said that, you know, if say you're not a mom and you go to the mall, you're not going to notice any children related items, right? Like I'm not a mom. If I think about my local mall, I don't think I know where the kids stores are, like to be honest, right? However, when you become a mom and I see that, you know, in my sister and family, friends, you know, the focus shifts. So now I know where stores are because of the nephews, right? So even in an indirect way, my value structure has shifted because loving them so much, right? And I think if you apply that to career, it's very much the same concept, right? That as your value shift through life changes, then the purpose kind of shifts with it too, because they're so interrelated. So I think it's brilliant you said that. And the other part too, so that if you mentioned it's like, thank you for saying this, is that <laughs> it doesn't have to be this like monumental, you know, literally like change the world <laughs> thing. Cause that is paralyzing just to even think that way, right? Like, can you imagine like if I don't have something like that, like it doesn't mean I'm not worthy, right? Like we yeah. are worthy just because we are. And I think it is potentially part of why so many people are stuck. Same for weight loss that we look about what is that really deep why of wanting to do this. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, gigantic reason. It could be something just for you, right? Like it could be, I just want to feel beautiful and sexy. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, like I like literally I want to save the world. So Mm -hmm. thank you for saying that. I think it's so important and I think it's a big shift that a, a small shift that can have a huge ripple effect in people's understands of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to chat with you about is in terms of your own health story, right? And I'm hope you're okay going there, yeah. but talk to me about, you know, your diagnosis and how that impacted your career and fulfillment. Yeah. So I, um, I have been, I struggled with lupus 
from for a good two years before I got diagnosed. And it was funny because I was um, I had just not funny, ironic, I guess I got my first job, my dream job in HR that I had been working for for like almost eight years to get into. And literally, I think two months later or three months later, I was admitted into the hospital for um, this unexplained fever. And, and it was um, like devastating for me because I was like, I just got my, my, my dream job. And here I am now lying in the hospital, but it also forced me to like really reevaluate how I was spending my time and what Mm. I was doing. And still like I struggled on for like a good two years like it didn't click until I got hospitalized for a second time I had two miscarriages by then and I was like like I can't go on like this like you know I was so focused on being the best at everything um you know being like the best mom and having everything like super organized and being the best employee and I really I wanted to be the best HR person they had ever hired which was (laughs) wonderful but it was killing me literally on the, you know, on the inside. And finally, when after the second hospitalization, like it really was a huge wake up call because I uh, was bedridden for almost 10 months and going from this go, 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 go lifestyle to like doing nothing was really, really hard. But also it forced me again, going back to, you know, spending time with just myself in silence to really evaluate what was important to me. And I realized that, you know, I, that it's not serving me like being the best at everything is not serving me. The whole point of being the best at something is to, is for it to do something for you. Yes. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and it was doing nothing for me. So, so I, um, I, I cut out everything like I had my son in activities seven days a week I took them completely out and I was like we're just gonna go to the park and have a good time together you don't need to be in structured activities like human beings survive for years and years and years (laughs) without having you know gymnastics and soccer and basketball and all this stuff every single day of the week like and he was burned out too yeah um And it really like we just put this strong focus on family, you know, spending like scheduling vacations on a regular basis. And as far as work was concerned, like just taking it easy, like, you know, not underperforming, but not trying to kill myself being the best either. And Mm. I know that sometimes that doesn't sound like, oh, you're being, you know, defeatist or whatever. But ultimately, again, this is not a prescription for anyone. This is about looking inside and figuring out what you want and what you need. And every person's journey and story is going to be different. So it's been now what, 14, 15 years. And, um, and I'm, we're still continuing that way. Like I book a vacation every quarter without fail (laughs) (laughs) because I realized that I need that downtime. I, I, I work hard. I don't, you know, and, and see there are days of course, still now where I'm like doing overtime and working on the weekends and things like that. But I make sure that I keep that, that one week out of every quarter for myself and my family to do absolutely nothing. I love it. So, yeah. So just like examining what, you know, balancing that health um, and you know how it is with autoimmune diseases. When you yeah. have one, you have, you have several others, you know, so if you don't, yeah. if you don't take care of it, 
uh, and take care of your health and your body, like you can't survive, you can't thrive anywhere else. Like I, you know, being in bed for 10 months, I couldn't be a good mother. I couldn't be a good employee. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So your health and everything surrounding your body is, is like, I would say number one. Totally. Oh, so good. Hey there. Are you a woman over 40 who wants to release excess weight, but keep self-sabotaging your progress? If you are tired of all the, all you need is more willpower advice, then I created just a free training for you. Set aside 60 minutes today and I promise you, it will be worth your time. I will go over the three main mindset shifts you need to make if you want to release weight for good, which does not rely on willpower. I will review to you why the strategies that worked in your 20s and 30s don't seem to work anymore, and I will also show you which hormones play a big role in weight release once we turn 40 and beyond. This is a value-packed masterclass, and it is for you if you want to discover my step-by-step system to help you regain your energy, get rid of cravings, and get back into alignment with your body. And of course, drop some pounds too. All you have to do is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training to watch this on-demand masterclass or just send me a DM on Instagram for the link at naturally.joyous. So again, it is naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training. Something you said that was so, it was like, yup, that totally resonates is the concept that when we are striving to be the best at everything, right? There's got to be something there for us. And when we're getting nothing out of it <laughs> for us, you know, it is really time to reconsider that. And I love that. And like, I think, you know, some of my story, but I really resonate with that in the sense too of my, you know, spinal condition and my mm-hmm. six migraines a week when I was back in corporate. And I went on a four month burnout, uh, got like sort of leave and got diagnosed with fibromyalgia and stuff. And it got to the point too, that for those four months, you know, I really, my body made room. So I had to reconsider my life as well, right before, mm-hmm. you know, opening my business and, and just becoming, you know, what I have today. And I think it's interesting because I recall for the first month of the burnout, like I, was very difficult to get out of bed and stuff, but I did some nature walks Mm -hmm. and I remember being in nature during work hours and feeling so uncomfortable, right? It's almost like, like my mind is like, we shouldn't be here. Like, what are we doing here? And it even took me some time to, because differently than yours, like I wasn't necessarily bedridden. Like I still had a little bit of decision power in how to use Mm -hmm. my energy. I remember the mind chatter of, you know, is it okay to take this much time for healing and for self-discovery, yeah. right? And it was such an interesting time. It helped me eventually, you know, prioritize that differently, right? Because I obviously don't want my body yelling at me again, like it happened. Yeah. But at the first month, it was almost like I had to, you know, I don't know, like detoxify from the working 70 hour, you know, weeks into now having time for myself, right? So it's really cool that you went through that experience and how you see it now looking back. 
Yeah. And there's one other thing that, you know, I think is important to mention here is that people always uh, worry about the money part of it. And I came to this realization back then that, you know, we were living paycheck to paycheck at that point in time mm-hmm. and not getting a paycheck or getting a very reduced paycheck on like disability leave was, yeah. was shocking But you know what? We survived. And I think this notion of we need to make, you know, six figures or, you know, or 200,000 or a quarter of a million dollars or whatever to sustain our lifestyle. And you continue working to to sustain that lifestyle, I think is also worth like exploring and looking at that. Yeah, this is one of the mindset shifts that I talk about, you know, in with my clients as well is that how much money do you really need? Like Mm -hmm. really just need to be happy. Forget about like that car that's in your driveway. That's a Lexus. Would you be any less happy if that car was, you know, uh, a a 10-year-old Toyota? Like (laughs) really ask those deep questions because we assume that, you know, some of the stuff is makes us happy. But the reality is if you're, if you're working to make money, to fund a lifestyle that honestly, if it were to go, how much release and and, um, relief would you feel like how much burden would be off your shoulders? And what, how much would you be allowed to breathe? You know, so I think we don't ask that that question often enough. um, And they're all interrelated. Yeah. A lot of times I think people put the the money piece, like you said, almost as the obvious reason why I cannot even contemplate that as opposed to the opposite, which is, okay, how can I make it work despite uh, the financial, right? In our case, when I went on my leave and then eventually left the job, like we had a a decrease in our income by 62%. That is not Mm -hmm. a joke, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And we went through exactly what you said. Like my husband and I, we work really well as a team. So that is (laughs) lucky, I know. But we looked very honestly, what can we cut? What do we actually need? What do we want? So for example, reading is very high on his value structure. It's really important to him. And we mm-hmm. were physically running out of room. We have three rooms of bookshelves in this house. Oh, wow. Um, but that situation made him go get a library card. You know, like it sounds so mm-hmm. silly and simple, but now like every week, almost like three or four books in and out of the library. And he's reading a lot more. Like there's a couple of authors that he still wants because he collects some authors, but the mm-hmm. vast majority of books, we don't buy them anymore. Like he rents games, he rents books. You know, it just became something that we never thought about spending the time to go pick it up before. And it's free and it's part of our community, right? So it's just like a small example. But now that our situation, of course, has changed, we maintain a lot of the same, like you said, like the lifestyle, because we learn to be really content with that you know, plan that we had in place. Yes, it loosened a little bit in a few things, but, you know, we don't have necessarily the needs that we did when we were both full-time, you know, in corporate before spending crazy amounts of money without thinking twice, right? I think it increased our value on on money, which is interesting when we decreased the income back in the day, right? So I kind of like what you said, because it it was kind of like very much my story as well. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's like so many people have the same story, you know, and then it's just, it's just, it, again, it's a mindset shift. Like it's, it's okay <laughs> to, you know, to not want what you have in your life. Absolutely. So the other question I have for you is, so let's just say somebody's 
contemplating this, right? So they're looking at their purpose. And I love the exercise you had of those, like almost doing this chronological <laughs> review, right? Of our life story mm-hmm. and looking what is important to us. So how aligned is it, you know, living for fulfillment, not for like a paycheck. But then I think it comes to that place that, you know, if somebody equates success with money or status or, or with the Lexus, right? Mm-hmm. How do you go about redefining what success really means in the sense of allowing people to, even themselves, allowing themselves to say, yeah, I would still feel successful, even though it looks differently. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'll be honest, <laughs> because we're, and, and I, I know it was tough for me um, because, you know, we're so ingrained. And honestly, I would say even in the last like five, six years, with, you know, social media and everyone being, you know, like, like showing off these new fancy things that they have, and, <laughs> you know, like this whole, like, the the showcasing of a specific lifestyle yeah. has yeah. become so prevalent now in our society that it's almost like if you don't have these things, then you're, you are like, you're not successful, but that's like, when you really think about it, that's, that's, that that's not true. Like those, like if you're buying something, if you're buying a big, and I've been through this, like we bought a massive house um, because we, you know, my, my in-laws, you know, were live with us. And so mm-hmm. they, we just assumed that because we're six people in the house, we need a massive house. And, and we did, we bought it, but we realized very quickly, like I would say within a couple of years that this house is not just about the mortgage. It's about all the maintenance costs that go into it. It's about maintaining it. It's about, and what was, what we realized is that every single dollar that we were making was going in some way, shape or form into this house. Mm. And it didn't align with what we wanted out of life anymore, you know? Yeah. And, and it was when we decided to sell the house and it was, it was a big decision, but also I think specifically for, you know, my husband and even my in-laws, it was like, we're going backwards. And I'm like, no, we're not going backwards. We're actually going into something that is going to suit us better because now I don't have to work, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and like, I don't, nec- I don't have to work at all, in fact, and we can still manage and maintain this house and we get to spend more time together as a family and we undervalue that time and we overvalue things, I think, yeah. um, in general, in society. So, so you true. know, but the, the thing is, you can't convince somebody of that. That's what I've learned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, you can't, you can help them, you know, really evaluate. And that's why I like them to do the exercise and write those stories, because that shows them that those important moments, where where in those stories was buying a Lexus, um, an important pivotal moment in life. Yeah, (laughs) I, I can tell you, I've worked with so many clients, I've never seen anyone write a story about buying something (laughs) ever. Yes. Oh, that's such a good point. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you, and then you, it's right there. Like you wrote the stories, you know, your stories don't align with the stuff that you buy. And if I do come across someone who values buying stuff that to fulfill them and make them happy, I'm not going to try and change that. Like, good for you. You're fine then where you are. You're not looking to make a change because you're, you're obviously this fulfills you and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's no, there's no real right or wrong answer in this case. It's just, um, I know that for, majority of the people 
buying stuff doesn't equate to happiness or anything that served them in life, like, you know, any uh, pivotal moment, a lesson learned an experience gained, whatever, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't factor in at all. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by the Wage Release Shift, a program that I am so excited to share with you. And actually more than a program, this is a partnership in which I join forces with you to take you on this incredible journey, which is wage release. Together, we will explore all the necessary mind shifts to get you to places you've never been before, as well as learn what is going on with your hormones, especially as you transition into later phases of being a woman. All of that combined with tasty, healthy, super easy to make foods and recipes to help you balance hormones, eat for your needs and release excess weight in the process. If you're curious or ready to learn more and join me and all these other wonderful women on this journey, I encourage you to apply at the link below. To learn more, visit naturallyjoyous.ca slash release. And I look forward to chatting with you and getting to know you better. And what you said about the house, like in your example is so interesting. And it's true because even like you said, the in-laws and your spouse thinking, oh, this is going backwards, right? But it isn't. What it actually is, is what you said at the beginning it is just a realignment with a new purpose that you discover, right? That doesn't require the the huge house to get the outcome that you want, which is more family time, more balance and more rest and those things. And and I love to what you said, like now you don't have to work, but now you get to, right? Like, and I think when we yeah. go from the have to to the get to, oh my goodness, like just the amount of pressure and stress that comes off our shoulders is incredible. And I think it is in a way available to everyone, but what it takes is really very much from the beginning, looking back to the purpose, becoming clear in what actually matters to you and then aligning everything with it, right? Which is exactly the methodology that I use in weight loss. I said, I was going to make an analogy (laughs) that we started the why for really wanting to do that because the why is really related to what is important to us in a very deep, meaningful way. And then everything that we do from that point on is aligning to fulfill that purpose. Whereas if we're not clear of what it is, or we just kind of, oh, I'll do it later. Just brush it off. I just want to lose weight because I do. The motivation is not big enough. And I think in life, we don't do something until the pain of not doing it is bigger than the pleasure of doing something else. Like, you know, yeah. so it's just, yeah, maybe, you're so right. Right. Finding that. And if it's not, that's fine. But then maybe we need to shift the goal, right. As opposed to keep like that internal fight. And I think mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful analogy to the career as well. Meaning career being such a big part of our lives, right? Like seriously, like in terms of hours, but also, you know, contribution to the world. So no, I think it's really, really important. And sorry, <laughs> don't interrupt you. No, 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 no. I, I, I totally yeah, agree with everything. And it's just, yeah, like it's, it's a matter of sitting down and actually putting the, the time in to figure that stuff out. It's also um, a big, a big thing. Yeah. And the last question I have for you, Sadaf, is like, for somebody kind of contemplating all the things we talked about 
And you know, I know, especially for women, sometimes there's that feeling, oh, this is selfish, like putting my needs first in such a big way versus, you know, providing to the family and sacrificing what I love because, you know, the money's coming in through that old career or whatever. How do you help people shift from feeling selfish towards actually putting their needs first? So I, and, and I'm not the, I'm not the, this is not an original thought, but you know, the, if you're, if, if you take care of yourself, you show up better for other people, right? So yeah. if you're showing up, you know, internally as in, in alignment with your values and your purpose, then you're going to show up better for the people around you as well. And, you know, I always used to think that, no, but if I'm doing stuff for other people, I, sh- I, f- I should feel a sense of purpose in just that. But the problem is, yes, if that truly lights you up, then go for it. Right. But for so many people, we will do things for other people and we get resentful then, you know, and that resentment is so harmful to your mental health, which, which is harmful to your body in general. And when we talk about weight gain and all of that, then, you know, you start to turn to food or you start to, you know, turn away from the things that, and to make you feel better about yourself. But the reality is it's not about the food. It's not about the exercise. It's about looking at well, how are you, what are you doing in your day to day? And if you're doing it to, if you're just doing it to serve other people and you don't like that, or you feel resentment for it, then that's an issue, you know? And I think the biggest litmus test for this is that if you do something for somebody and in the back of your mind, you expect them to do something back for you, Uh that's the red flag. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. You know, if you do stuff for other people and you forget about it, or it's just like, you know what? And when we all do stuff like that, right? Like we'll do something for somebody like, let's say it's, you know, um, I don't know, dog sitting for them and you do it and you forget about it. And it's like done, right? You don't expect something back from them. You don't expect them to say, okay, well, I'll take care of your cat for you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but if you're doing stuff for people and you and you remember that and you expect them to reciprocate and when they don't reciprocate that's when you feel hurt or you feel t- being you know taken advantage of it means that that you need to um, step back and like you know doing like if you're doing stuff for other people that holds resentment then that's not something that is in alignment with your values you know what i mean like totally no to me just you have to really look like that's when you have to turn inward and be like no i'm going to take care of myself and i'm going to say no i don't want to or i can't or whatever because i'm prioritizing other things and if that other thing is you that's okay yeah so love it And I think something you said there too, that a lot of times that resentment comes when we use those duty words. I should do this. I need to do this rather than I really want to do this. Right. And the whole, I think the duty, I think it's such an important piece of this because I think there's this expectation that when we're doing something for um, something else, somebody else that that should be enough. Like you said, for some people it is, but for other people, it's not right. And it just being okay with who you are. I think we all have such expectations of this noble, you know, like life, but our purposes don't have to be noble. They just have to be real and true. Right. Um, and I think that is such a beautiful lesson here and how you apply it to career and fulfilling like your service to the world. Like you said, we spend eight, 10, sometimes hours a day, right. Uh, Mm -hmm. working towards something. So if that's not making us happy, then I think it is 
very much time to reevaluate. So I truly enjoyed our conversation like so much. This is such a topic that lightens me up. Mm -hmm. And I know you have a special uh, gift. So tell us a little bit about it and also where people can find you. So I do um, free live coaching. So it's Q&A style and like, you know, other things that I'm learning around mindset and finances and how to really be okay with, you know, putting yourself first and putting your career first and putting your happiness first. Um, And so I do that all in my private Facebook community. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm I'm sure you'll put the link to it below, but that is the best way to really get the most out of, you know, what what me and my community like are really talk about and focus on. And um, we do skew, it is skewed to like working parents because that's, you know, I, that that's me. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I, but I have a lot of other people in there that are not necessarily, you know, parents, but still get a lot of value out of it. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure just say what the name is uh, of the group. And then I'll put it on the show notes as well. Oh yeah. So it's career success for working parents. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then all the links for your Instagram, LinkedIn, I'll put them all in the show notes as well. So people can find you. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. My pleasure. Thank you again for sharing so beautifully and some of the, you know, practical tools as well that you share with us. I, I hope that everybody will do that chronological exercise and writing our stories. There's so much power in it. And really, you know, coming to you uh, for this beautiful time of transitioning their careers, but also really looking what is that dream career looks like and giving selves permission to even contemplate and then go and do it. Right. So um, truly enjoy our time together. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Juliana. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.